Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Time for another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. I'm Bethel Duran alongside Ricky Romero. Thanks for everybody who's been watching us on the YouTube, interacting with us, letting us know what you like, the different suggestions. And you're like, okay, take us around Ricky's man cave. Well, today we changed it up. Rick, we got Roy Halliday over your shoulder, Derek Jeter, Big Poppy, and David Beckham. Let's start with Halliday because I know you had a special relationship with him. Yeah, I started in 2009. Obviously, when I made the team, he was the ace of the staff. And from there, you know, we build a, a, a bit of a bond. Um, it took a while, though. Obviously, Doc was... Uh, he didn't um, talk, right? No, he didn't talk very much. He was a master of his craft, and he was so focused every day. And it was one of those things where you, you learn by watching him and just observed. And I think he, he, he liked that. He wanted to almost test you. And, um, like super intense guy? Super intense, okay. beyond intense and um, incredible pitcher. I think uh, now looking back, I always say, I can't believe I had a front row ticket to watching one of the best pitchers to ever do it during this era. And it was just, it was just like Picasso painting, you know, like when you see a Picasso painting, you, you, you see him out there and he was just painting everything. And um, it was just fun to watch. He dominated games. And the fun part about it is the players, the media, the fans, everyone loved him because his games usually went for like two hours. Two hours, 15 minutes. Him yeah. and Mark Burley, yeah. appreciate you. Yeah. Because so, in the United States, you would hear about Holiday because you yeah. knew he was shut down. But in Toronto, he was like the man. Oh, he's right? the man. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, you know. Life cut no, short. Yeah. Life cut short. You, nobody saw that ever coming. You know, when you think of, of Doc, you think invincible and... Like I said, I'm just grateful that I had a front row seat to to watch him uh, master his craft, you know, every fifth day, and um, it, it it was truly just a treat, you know. And uh, what did he write on your on the jersey? He wrote, um, "Ricky, I love watching you work. Keep keep that warrior mentality." That's what he wrote. The war mentality. Yeah, warrior. Warrior mentality. Yeah, and uh, it's funny because this was the second jersey he signed. The first one, because everyone knew, like I said, he was leaving. That uh, after the after the one in Philly, yeah, and nobody knew where, but everyone kind of had a feeling that that was his last year. And I said, "Hey, can you sign a jersey? I put it in your locker." He said, "Sure." So he wrote that exact same thing, except he spelled Ricky R I C K E Y <laughs> after the game. And like I said, he's super intense, so you really don't like going up to him. But I was like, 
screw that. Like he he messed up my jersey. That's not how you spell Ricky. R I C K Y, obviously. So I went up to him. I was like, Doc, I hate to do this to you, but you messed up my jersey, man. And he's like, No way. And he genuinely felt really, really bad. And he actually went and bought another jersey. No way. <coughs> yeah. And and um and he he obviously wrote Ricky. So the where's right the book. other one at? Where is it at? I think I I still have it. I kept the, it. It's like uh, the misspell, like when the, the Billy, uh, Billy Ripkin with the bat has yeah. the F U on it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think I think it's in my parents' um, okay. house. Yeah, but I now that's have, authentic, right there. That's misspell. authentic. You can't say that's a, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but he was nice enough to obviously get another one, and obviously the Derek Jeter. Um, you know, when we went to Yankee Stadium, that one's from 2009. It has a, the inaugural season of Yankee Stadium when it first opened up and <clears throat> the one thing I wish I would have had was uh had his uh jersey my that jersey personalized because most of them in here have they're, they're, they're all, all to Ricky to Ricky yeah that, that one just says his autograph his autograph yeah but I was new to the game 2009 you know I just sent How's a jersey yeah right? sent a jersey over the big poppy I didn't get it till after I was done in Toronto and um this was good right here it's over my shoulder to my boy Ricky Romero God bless my brother, Big Poppy. 500 home run club. Yeah. Yeah, and that one I got it after I was already um, away from the Blue Jays. I, you know, one of the clubbies, a um, good friend of mine, I asked him, I was like, hey, he's retiring. How about we, uh, how about how about you get me a jersey for, for and, you know? And you actually have a relationship with Poppy. Like, you played in a golf tournament, you know Yeah, I mean, like I haven't seen him in a long time. But, but he yeah, knows you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for a while, I mean, every, I mean, we had so many battles in the ALE, so always fun to compete against but just such a cool dude off the field and you know anytime he he saw us stretching he'd always come over and give you the biggest bear hug ever you know and i remember from my rookie year on like he just you know singled me out and he's like hey man you got some great stuff godly you're so you're so tough to see and i'm sitting there and i'm looking at him and you know he's this big gigantic dude and just with a big old chain yeah (laughs) and just but like i said like the nicest person you'll ever meet, you know. He's just, huge. I didn't yeah. realize how big he yeah. is. Like this size, he's like thick. muscle wise. Yeah, like he's like six three maybe, yeah. but he's not super imposing. But he just has like that. Like when you walk into the clubhouse in Anaheim, you're like, you knew where he was at because he's loud. Yeah. Hey, yeah. bye. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, he speaks to you in Spanish. Yeah, okay. for the most part. Yeah, yeah. He always spoke to me in Spanish, and like I said, just a tremendous person. Yeah. So I figured I'd add him to the you collection. Got, got it. And then David Beckham, I uh, I used to train at the Home Depot Center. I don't know what it's called. It's changed. Dignity its name. Health Park, Sports Park. It's yeah, it's that. changed its name like twenty times. Yeah, since it was I've been Home there. Depot Center. So uh, when you train, um, the trainer f- or the athletic trainer for the LA Galaxy is a really good friend of mine. So when Beckham came over, me and him would chat it up because I'd go in there for for therapy sometimes, and he'd be in there. Oh, okay. So we'd be chatting it up every once in a while. Little dude, huh? Tiny. You didn't realize. Yeah. How, then yeah. he starts talking his like his accent, and he's like a high pitched voice. But but he's you know just a great dude. He wanted to know about baseball, which is funny. And he said he was a Yankee fan because A Rod was his friend. I was like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> There's no A Rod jersey in here. Hell no. So no. we'll go around. We'll show the rest of the man cave other days, but it's pretty cool. But everything you have here, it's. You know, it's for you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't plan on ever selling it. I mean, like I said, everything's personalized to me. I think it means a little bit more, especially, yeah. you know, the guys that I knew, like, you know, Big Poppy and Doc and 
you know, over there to my right is Wayne Gretzky. Mariano, I didn't never really had a conversation with him, but I'm sure. I mean, obviously, he saw me. He knows you. Compete against his team. That's why I always like to tell people, like, oh, do you know him? No, 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 no. He knows me. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. But, uh, so that's a little bit behind the scenes of Ricky's man cave. It's pretty cool. Of the little things that you have, I'm always impressed with what athletes have in their houses or with the mementos that they keep. Because like, if there was ever a chance where they do like an MTV cribs on athletes, I know some dudes have like amazing yeah. jersey collections like our yeah. boy, uh what was it um uh the picture vamos way um jesse chavez jesse chavez he has a sweet collection of stuff yeah. too he has a whole like locker, locker full of jerseys. Yeah. yeah there's guys that do it um i feel like in their own unique way you know they they i think i saw mark burley's um man cave one time through pictures and he had like a whole like it was like a museum setup yeah. You know where he had his all his gold gloves and and the, the trophy, the commissioner's trophy, and different stuff like that. You can just tell it was like really neatly done. Done. And there's guys that have tons of jerseys. Like I said, I Those after are, after '09 and '10, I kind of stopped collecting them. I just like where the hell am I going to put them? How does that work? Though? How do you get a jersey signed? I mean, you like I said, these guys, you just ask them like, hey, like I'm going to send a jersey over. Um, do you mind signing it? And, Nope, no, 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 no so how, questions oh, you asked. Give it just, to the clubby. Yeah. So the clubby takes it yeah, over there. And yeah. Then, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sure now it'd be a little bit different because I feel like the whole trading jerseys it's has. Like, it's become like soccer now. It, Everybody it's, does it. It's grown. I, I've never really seen it in baseball, but no. I'm sure um, stuff like that happens behind closed doors now where I give you a jersey and you give me one. I don't know. It sounds like the one that you were most intimidated to get was your teammate, Halliday. Like that one every day. That one, honestly, Ken Griffey Jr. Because in order for for him to sign one of those, you have to go personally ask him. Like, really? Yeah. That like usually, real? sometimes you can like send one to the club. He say, "Hey, can you get yeah. Jeter?" Like Jeter, I didn't ask him. I was in. I was a rookie in 2009, so I was kind of like. Sent it. Okay. But I said, "Hey, would Derek mind signing jerseys?" Like, no problem. He'll sign it. You know, the club yeah, he pretty much speaks. He knows it's for a player. Yeah. But Griffey, you had to go personally ask him. I don't know how. I didn't. I didn't go personally because I think I was gonna go talk to him, and I like I was running towards him, and then I was like, and I kind of froze, and I kept running, but I still ended up with a Griffey jersey. But the it, it, like all the guys were like, "How did you get the Griffey?" Like, we never saw you go and talk to him. All of us went and talked to him, and I was like, "I don't know." I I it was just Griffey was your guy. Growing up, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was it, yeah, it was just, you know, I mean, he was everywhere. You so know? that was his thing. Like, if you want my jersey, you got to come talk to me. Yeah, I, I think right that was there. his thing. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, I don't know. I I just never really so went up to it? I just gave it to the clubby and I probably in the middle of him getting 10 jerseys, he's probably like, <laughs> maybe it was him making like just trying to be funny and seeing how many guys would actually come up to him. I don't know. That's but, pretty, I, I would do that too. Like, yeah. oh, you want it? Come on, come yeah. the ring. You yeah. want it? I want to show it. But <laughs> It's pretty cool, like the that all that stuff that goes on. You see, because guys sign stuff all the yeah. time. Yeah. But this, when you are in a clubhouse, you see like something from like I always notice it. Like, wait, how did that jersey get in here? You know what the coolest thing now is? I know what it was. You guys what the coolest thing was, and um, obviously he's a close friend of mine, Sergio Romo. Yeah. Um, when he sent a Romero jersey over for me to sign, and I was like, whoa, like that's like, yeah. so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. And it was man. just because he's like, you know, it goes beyond baseball. You know, the friendship that we have, yeah. and 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 all that stuff. So and we're gonna get Romo on the podcast soon. We just gotta find him. Yeah, we gotta <laughs> find him. But um, definitely not right now. No, not, no, no, not no, in no. quarantine. No. <laughs> but 
Yeah, that was that was the That's cool. That was that was really cool when 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 somebody sent my jersey over, you're just like, "Wow, you f- you feel like I don't know, accomplished, I guess, or you know, it f- makes you feel good because when Doc was leaving, you know, you saw his locker full of balls, bats, you know, jerseys and he's sitting there signing them, you know, for for the other team. So one jersey was like cool for me, you know. It was that was cool, even though, like I said, Rome was a close friend. Because he uh, misspelled it. <laughs> yeah, I got, <laughs> got two, two from Doc. So that's good. now, uh, one of the things that, uh, that that conversation just happened because I was looking at the jerseys. The point mm. of today's podcast is something different. Um, in each single, every single episode, we're gonna have like a theme to it. And as we said, it when we do have a guest, it's gonna be a bonus episode. So Ricky and I are just gonna go and BS around and talk about whatever's going on. And each week we have a theme. Today, what I wanted to talk about was the inaugural Ricky Romero baseball camp that was held uh, Thanksgiving weekend in East LA. Mm -hmm. And to talk about you having your jerseys and everything else, but we had, and shout out to the Pios and everybody else who was involved with the group chat that helped everything out, the Ricky Romero baseball camp t-shirt. And Mm -hmm. I know there was a hat that had Ricky Romero camp. Mm -hmm. To see that, to see, I think, like 50 kids wearing... Your shirt with your silhouette of you throwing, what was that like? Just oh man, that. incredible! It was like I don't even know. I I wouldn't even say if it was it was a dream come true because I never thought it'd be possible for me to to uh, to be able to do something like that. When you you when you think about the behind behind the scenes work that has to happen in order for that stuff to move forward, yeah. you start thinking you're like, nah, it's just never gonna happen. But it kind of started as a joke in a group chat, <laughs> you know, like, hey, we should, we should do, a, you should do a camp. And then one thing led to another. And then we started meeting here, actually, yeah. in, in my house. And we would sit there and everyone would start jotting notes. And I was like, man, this seems like impossible, you know. And, and like, like you said, you're like, let's, let us take care of the logistics. And you just worry about showing up and inviting your friends who have either played pro ball or are playing pro ball. And, and let's make it work. And it worked out to perfection, man. And I think every kid that that went there, we had from um, college um, admissions uh, yeah. director uh, to you know scouts to f- uh, former players, current players in the minor leagues, some in the big leagues, come out and talk. And I mean, I, I think everyone enjoyed it, man. And I, th- you know, crazy. looking at uh, Ruben Torres, the head coach at Garfield High School, who was so nice enough to let us borrow the facilities and 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 those new batting cages and everything everything like he he you could tell he was so happy i think just not just because it was at garfield high school but because you brought a we brought a wow. whole community together and and that was my biggest goal to be able to see the, the the faces of these kids just go out there and and i mean let's be honest some of these kids probably have never heard some of the stuff that that they heard that day and and it was probably overwhelming, you know. But it was overwhelming for me as one of the guys who helped coordinate it, yeah. and just seeing it that day. And we're gonna tweet out a link uh, that the video that Albert Baker made, and Albert Baker did a great job with the tremendous, videos, yeah, um, the aerial shots. And so the the gist of the camp was, you've always wanted to do a camp, mm-hmm. but you know baseball, but you don't know how to figure everything else yeah. out, right? And how many times do we see the guy who's gonna do a camp? He shows up. It's the show and go. He shows. He gets a check. Takes a picture with the kids, and then he's gone. And then the, the directors are like, the guy down the street giving you a camp. Like, <laughs> I mean, and, and it just happens everywhere. Like when you do your Blue Jays camp, you guys are actually hands on yeah. doing that. Yeah. 
But we started thinking about it because, like, you coming back to East LA, and like, you're very humble. And mm -hmm. I'm saying this as knowing you, you've been in the East LA parade, but you didn't like that. Like, you don't like attention <laughs> like that. You'll do it to be a role model. That's great. But to put your name, you didn't even want your name on this camp. <laughs> you wanted it just to be the camp. So the, what it was is a camp in East LA for the community, mm -hmm. the high school kids there. So we opened it up to 50 kids. No, 50? no, it was supposed to be 30, right? It was like 30, and then I 30, said, let's open it up a little bit more. And then, you know, we had applications because we wanted to make it a little bit different. Yeah. We wanted to read why you should attend this camp, what was your GPA. And, you know, at the end of the day, you want good kids, good kids who are going to be doing great things in the classroom and on the diamond. And and I think we reviewed all the yeah. all the applications. And obviously, unfortunately, some of the kids missed the cut because it was strictly for high school. Yeah, and for that, we apologize. Board. But it was high school kids. We're trying to figure things out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe one day, you know, we'll trickle it down yeah. to, to the middle school kids. And it's just, you know, one step at a time, you know. And, and it was our first one. We learned a lot from it. But at the same time, I think we were all overall happy with it. And I think it was just, for me, I was like, had a smile from ear to ear. To ear just... You know, just seeing the different interactions, seeing my friends um, teach and and them being into it. You know, I think everyone was into it. And yeah, shout, out, shout out to it, all yeah, those guys yeah, that helped that, that help put, put that camp together, you know, from from the players to the scouts to the to the guys behind the yeah. scenes like you guys. Um, it was like I said, it was I mean, you don't you, you have no words for the for, for the impact that you made. So. If you go and Google like East LA baseball camps, mm -hmm. nothing shows up. Mm -hmm. There are no baseball camps in that area, mm -hmm. let alone a free camp, let alone one from somebody who played professional baseball. You just don't get that. And as parents know, if you want to go to a showcase camp like Perfect Game or I don't know the other ones, but they all cost 500 bucks and you're in front of scouts. This wasn't for the elite, elite kids. It was for the kids who have good grades, who want to play in college but hey division three might be your avenue so yeah. what we did is uh, i coordinated with dr howdy from usc who came and spoke about the college admissions and how to get the financial aid then the scouts did a speaking where the carlos muniz gary patchett and then the guy who drafted you demiris pittman demiris yeah. pittman showed up and they told these kids this is what scouts look for when you're on the field and your hair is all shaggy well we're looking at that when you're taking infield outfield and i know we did the classroom session i think for an hour and a half and then we had the uh, uh, athletic trainer, Marco Nunes, came out. And I remember going back and forth in that classroom. And we even talked about it. Is that going to be too long for these kids? Like, we even had Shadow T, the financial advisor, who's saying, this is how you don't get a credit card. This is how you save your money. This is how you do stuff. And we, we remember we kept saying, like, maybe that's too long for these kids because they all want to get on the field and learn. And the jaws were just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And each kid went away with an uh, information packet. They learned it. And then once they did get on the field, I remember hearing some of the kids saying, um hey did you get a packet there did you get that like did you get his email and everybody gave out their number and their email yeah. or whatever and like you can hear it and like no dr howdy has told me some of these kids reached out to him and said hey i want to apply not to usc but to another school can you mm -hmm. help me out with that and everybody there helped out and then the athletes that came i counted 14 current or former pro athletes guys that played in the minors played in the majors there and the instruction from these kids like, to get instruction from one guy who played in rookie ball would be amazing. To get you doing towel drills with these guys. So now everybody else is like, wow. And, like, these kids. I'm going to the school my brother goes to. Uh, he's a principal at Mesa's. 
I ran into three of those kids. Thank me. Thank you so much for that day. Other parents asking how we can get in there. Yeah. And like the reason we're talking about in this podcast is not to brag about it, but just to go and tell you like what happened that weekend. Imagine if somebody like that would have came to Ricky Romero at 15 years old. Oh man, it would have made a, a huge difference, you know, and it's just, like I said, it, it's one of those things that you dream of, but you don't know if it's going to be possible. But I'm glad we were able to make an impact, you know, and it, it, even if it was a small little impact, hopefully you bring um, hopes and dreams to these kids and excuse the baby crying, but hey, baby, we're, we're, we're in a we're isolation, isolation quarantine. Yeah, so it's a little tough right now, but um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, when you have, you know, Al Quintana running the hitting station, yeah. which was, phew, you know, great. I mean, it's just former team of yours in the yeah, minor leagues. Yeah, and it's just ran down to like top notch you know and everything was just like so in order i think that's where you you're like i couldn't sleep the night before because i was so worried about like <laughs> is everyone gonna know where to go and how are these stations gonna work and then you have jordan aboitis who ran a tremendous camp yep. we said hey Played this is what we're gonna do yeah arizona state academic all-american like. and he's the one that came up with the whole schedule yeah. of how this is gonna run we're gonna stretch at this time we're gonna go to this station at this time and everything was just bam 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 and i think that's the most the biggest thing you worry about and and it was ran down to a t and like i said i'm proud i was proud of the east la community that day everyone came out showed out and we're hoping that in the future it just continues to grow and we're able to uh to grow it even more and, and make more of an impact and obviously garfield high school you know it helps because they're gonna get their own baseball field and and there's the facilities there are big enough and hopefully one day you know i know i went three years to garfield one year to roosevelt and they're both east la schools i'd love to host a camp one in each yeah. every other year you know and, and just kind of continue to interact and 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 I'm, I'm sure some of those kids it's getting to the age where they probably don't even know who i am anymore yeah. but um but um you know that's another thing the group's gonna sit down and, and analyze you know maybe we, we bring in uh younger guys who are in the big we leagues. had some of those yeah um, cardenas uh, yeah ruben cardenas. cardenas was brothers at ucla yeah we just and then him. alan trejo who's on the cusp you know yeah. and he's a stud with the rockies Daniel atkins who works out with al so mm -hmm. we had these it this is so i wasn't involved the actual day the actual day of i was walking around with coffee looking important and uh, shout out to the green eye band who was taking pictures too and yeah. we had different photographers out there valentin yeah. was taking photographers valentin, man. everything man. was volunteer in this day and age there's always a, y'all yeah, do it, but, yeah. or a, by the way, it was none of that. Yeah. Like, and, and, and like I said, I mean, which I, is rare, especially I for still, <laughs> I still owe Valentina a nice bottle of tequila. I told him I'd take care of him. Um, I haven't forgotten. Yeah. And my boys over there at, uh, at legends out and them, you know, we, 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 yeah, we're going to have dinner hopefully soon. And, and, uh, you know, I think this just kind of, this whole stuff threw us off, you know, yeah. and, and obviously we're adjusting as we go along, but, um, yeah, and I had to leave, so I had to go do Channel Two. Yes, you know, so I'm bragging right now, <laughs> but I didn't want to. Yeah, I wanted to stay there and watch. So at the end, you guys did a raffle, right? We did, oh yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, when like we Easton ended, took care so of you, us. So we had equipment. a we had a taco guy come and make tacos. That was a, a, a Chicali. Yeah, and awesome, like yeah. beyond great. Everyone loved them, and uh, even had the vegan option for the Romero family. Yeah, and. Um, we had a raffle where um, Albert Pujols, a good friend of mine, sent a signed bat, you know, and he wrote, what did he write, 500? I think he wrote the 500 club, or he might have written, or three-time MVP. He wrote something, you know, some of his accomplishments. We raffled that off. We raffled uh, one of my jerseys. Hey, Pujols bat? Raffled mm -hmm. off? Yep. Uh, one of my jerseys. 
Uh, I know there was four bats from Easton. Easton, yeah. Easton did a good job, um, you know, helping us out, too. Um, we had a, a bunch of stuff, and I think these kids were, were thrilled, you know, at the chance of winning something. And, uh, and uh, yeah, Golden but, Boy but, Oscar sent a glove. We had a Canelo glove. We had but a not every, um, you know, even though if you didn't win a raffle, you still got your hat, your T-shirt. And at the end of the day, I think if I would have gotten that, um, I would have been more than happy. Yeah. And <laughs> Why was it important for you to do it? there like we could have found i mean we could have found a different location at a, at a nice spot like we could have gone where like the field is all manicured but garfield high they don't have a baseball field it's a softball field mm -hmm. we basically used why was it important for you to do it in that community because that's where i grew up man I, you know i was i was born and raised in east la and for me to be able to go back and do that you know um i sat there and wondered like man i should have done this while i was playing too you know but why didn't you just, I just never thought it. Like I said, I'd be po it'd be possible, you know. And just the amount of work that you oh, really true. have to do, and also, I didn't want to put it in somebody's hands where they're like, "Okay, we're gonna try and make money," because you haven't mentioned it was free. <clears throat> you know, we we didn't charge one dime. We didn't make money out of it. We we paid for the hats, the yeah. shirts. Came out of your pocket. Yeah, and and I didn't want it to get to. The, I didn't want it to get. What, what do you call it? Corporate. You know, yeah. and, and get to that point where like, hey, like. We're gonna make money on the side somehow, some way. We're gonna charge these kids, you know, even if it's 25, 30 bucks, so you don't leave empty hand. I didn't want that, you know, and and I didn't know the the proper way of doing it free and just kind of everyone just plan. yeah, and everyone just <clears throat> dedicating their time, and and uh, that's why it was important for me to do it. You know, I wanted it to be free. I didn't want to charge these kids, and I wanted them to leave. I wanted them to leave with with the proper knowledge, and I think we accomplished that, all of us together as a group, and. You know, talking to all those guys that, that that participated, they're like, man, that was awesome. Next year, we're in. Let us know. And because you started getting feedback from other guys saying, mm -hmm. hey, let me know ahead of time. Yeah. Like yeah. Ramon Troncoso, the former Dodger. Yeah. The next day was like, hey, when is it for next year? Yeah. When is it yeah, for Ramon? next year? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, I reached out to like Sergio Romo and 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 those guys, and they're like, man, count us in for next year. You know. And obviously, I know those guys have seasons to yeah. to to worry about, and it's in the middle of their training and all that, and that's totally understandable. But the guys that did showed out, you know, that like I said, they were, they were. I think they left really, really happy and and impressed by the by the job we were able to do, and 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 the kids, you know, the yeah. kids. At the end of the day, it was about them. And when they show respect and they show that they want to work hard, you know, nobody's forcing them to be there. And these kids showed up. There was a line, you know, they showed up like, early, like on way a early, morning, yeah, early, very respectful. And I think. What it was is we reached out to the kids in that community, like East LA Southgate, and we told the coaches like, "Hey, send us your guys." And we didn't tell them what it was. Mm -hmm. I think that we because we didn't want it to be too big. Yeah. And everybody had to apply. Like, yeah. Just put your name in. Like it's free, but just put your name in on this one website. Just apply. Mm -hmm. And we would get in a couple words like, "Hey, this kid, can I send this kid?" I'm like, "Have him apply." And we had a couple of kids who didn't apply, who were supposedly really, really good. We've heard yeah. their studs. Yeah, but then that but was... it wasn't for the. It, it, I think it was more for, to just inspire the kids, to let them yeah. know, like, "Hey, you might not be a pro, but you can use baseball to get out of the community, mm -hmm. get your college education." Like, and let's 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 be real. Everyone has access to the to the internet. You know, it wasn't that hard to fill out an application. Man. And, and we, heard, we, heard, GPA. we heard from, from <laughs> coaches saying, like, I have a stud of a kid, yeah. but he's not going to do the application. I'm like, all right, well, he's not coming. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, it's just, it's I, I've been there. I've seen it. You know, when when certain 
young players at that age get treated differently because they're better than the rest of the team. Yeah. Well, guess what? Life doesn't work like and that. Just because you're better yourself. or that you, you shouldn't get proper treatment. Everyone was treated the same. You, you, you did the application. And like you said, we had it up uh, uh, for 30 players. And then I was like, we started getting some. And I was like, well, we can't really cut these guys. Yeah. Let's just do... Let's just do the more sign up, the more they sign up, the better, and you know, you, and, you, you, and, you, and you can't turn yeah. them down. And, and I think they, they did their part. And and whether, you know, you were a stud or you weren't a stud it, on your team, it does it didn't matter. We we're just there to teach and to 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 inspire more than anything. And right now people are watching like, how do I get my kid in next year? We don't know yet. We don't, <laughs> we don't, know, we yet. don't know yet. We but, haven't got into that point yet. But, but I do know that because having talked to some of the other coaches around, people who are saying like, hey. This camp, what was the deal? What's it? So it was for varsity kids in that East LA area. We, mm-hmm. we picked the different, I think like eight different schools. Mm-hmm. And like, here you go. So what we want to do, I think eventually is make it into a showcase kind of thing for mm-hmm. the community. But it's just different because now you see this when you go to different camps or wherever you're working at at 108. There's some kids that have just been taught since the age of eight. And the amount of money their parents are paying mm-hmm. for that. And you go back to being young Ricky Romero at uh, Salazar Park. Your dad was your coach, and there was no pitching coach. There was no, no heavy ball stuff. And it's if you can get that one kid inspired, yeah. that's what matters, right? Absolutely, yeah. And and like you said earlier, you know, you don't have to, after that camp. It, we're not looking for you to be a pro or be a Division One athlete. Shoot, there's plenty of junior college kids, uh, plenty of Division One, Double A, Division Double, NAIA, Division Two, NAIA schools, guys that make it to the big leagues. You know, it, it's not just Division One athletes and. And if, if you have that opportunity, great, you know. But if you don't, it's not something to hang your head about. It's just you keep working. There and, was and, one and, kid, remember on the application, he had like a 4.2, and he want, he's applying to different Ivy Leagues. Mm-hmm. And he, I remember, asked, came up to me afterwards. He's like, so that guy is a general manager? I'm like, well, he works with the general manager. He's talking about Carlos Muniz with the Indians. I'm like, that kid didn't know that those kind of jobs apply because mm-hmm. he's a math guy. And in analytics now... So I, if we open the eyes up to that kid, like I think he's applying to like Harvard and Yale, like go go over there and just use baseball somehow. Yeah. Wait, and then when you get the job, kid, hire me. <laughs> like, I want to be the special assistant for five hundred grand a year. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go cheap. <laughs> and I think that was the I think that was the thing. Just like we we keep coming back to that word, but yeah. it was inspire, you know. And and I think we accomplished it big time. And and I think all the kids. Uh, enjoyed themselves and and most more than anything just had fun with it we weren't trying to like mechanics 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 mechanic it was more just fundamentals you know little things and and hey you might want to try this hey you might want to try that i know you know we brought um from from banning high school anthony hoya who was pretty good and um i brought a kid from carson and and we were we were we were uh you know showing them like hey there's this is the little things that you guys can do you know to, Wait, to make so yourself you were better. telling these kids the stuff that you were doing in the major leagues well yeah i mean i mean you're not gonna teach them no i'm talking about like your routine and like i mean if they ask yeah i mean if they ask yeah i mean it was Jeez. one of those things where but we had so many pitching coaches that it just they just didn't have to hear it from me I mean, all the guys that were there are pretty all well damn qualified you know and almost all of them played in the major league all um, the pitchers yeah and and it was just like, hey, I'm kind of sitting back and I'm going to walk around the whole camp and take it all in. And more, it was cool because it was me, my dad and my brother. And we were just kind of all there. And I, I think, uh, 
you know, you always saw that smile with my dad when I played in the big leagues. And I think he that day he was even more proud of me. Yeah. And you could just see it. My mom, my sisters. The whole they were, family was there. Yeah. And you can just tell they're like, whoa, this is a crazy turnout. How did you guys pull that, pull this off? And it was, like I said, it, we don't know. Day, it, was, it, it was cool. It was. Why do you yeah. think your dad was more proud of that? Well, I think he, he, I mean, to be able to bring a community together like that, I mean, he's he's proud of a lot of things I've done in my life and yeah. my career, but uh, you probably put that one at the top. Really? I, I, I think so, yeah. I think, you know, just, he loves baseball. He loves being around your baseball. Your dad's a local legend in those parks. Yeah. He still plays during the week, and mm-hmm. everybody knows so, that your dad hits. So, so he, uh, you could tell he wanted to help, and he was different stations, like, hey, where yeah. do you want me? Hey, where do you want me? Yeah. I mean, wherever you want to go go ahead and and he he he's not an ego guy you know he's not a oh my son played in the my son played in the big leagues or and and he doesn't take it to that level it was just like he wanted to be there he wanted to help and and he did his part and i I think at the end of the camp right now that i'm that i'm thinking about it i remember i got all the parents together this is after you left and i and i thanked them and i was like if anyone deserves a round of applause is you guys and I think they were looking at me because none of them, none of them applauded. They were just kind of looking at me like, <laughs> uh, like, you know, I don't, I just, you know, trying to inform them. Like yeah. you guys are here on a Sunday morning. You guys, Thanksgiving how, weekend, all those, six, uh, what was it? Six hours, you yeah. know, and to be able to stand out there and just watch, I said, it, you just don't ever, this is about uh, making sure we inspire them. And you guys as parents have to do their job, your job too. Your kids are not going to be big leaguers today, tomorrow, or the following day. Just continue to motivate them and make sure they continue on that good path. And and we as parents um, have that job. You know, you like I think sometimes parents nowadays get caught up in the, you know, you gotta hey, you see what Mike Trout is doing? Like we we gotta get you. You gotta start training now. And it, no, it doesn't work like that. It's, and he's it, six. He's ready behind the ball. <laughs> exactly. Like or. Their own hitting coach, or their own, or their own uh, everything. Their yeah. own everything. Yeah, there's time for that, and there's you know. But when you're young and you're still kind of, you know, I thought about that too because we put the parents in a certain area where mm-hmm. they, that way the kids could just yeah be themselves and not worry about things. But the parents, nobody said it, and there ain't. Like, I used to work at the park at mm-hmm. the Carson at the rec center, and we'd do camps, and there was always parents like harping mm-hmm. about or they want this, we want that. We didn't have that. I think no, everybody was just. But I think you, we did a good job of like saying, okay, parents, this is where you guys hang out. Your kids are ours for this next few hours. Yeah. And they decide what they want to soak in, and they decide what they don't want, and it's totally cool. You know, we we're not trying to mold a player to to our style or anything like that. You give pointers, and I think that's what our instructors did. They just, hey, this is what might work for you, and it's on you if you want to make the decision to soak it in or not. But um, but yeah, I, I got I I thought I I thought getting the parents together at the time was like the That's thing cool. the right thing to do and and I did and, and I think they were all really pleased and happy and I just said hey let's continue to motivate these kids because it is possible to be an East LA kid and make it to the big leagues I'm living proof I grew up on this field right here and you know it looks way different than it once did but I'm living proof I did it and there's no reason why your kids should feel any different of like, um, I can't, I can't do it. No, there, there's one and, and it's me and I did it. 
you know, and, and I brought up the Oscar de la Hoya, Oscar de la Hoya, East LA kid. Nobody, nobody thought an East LA kid would be the king of boxing, and he did it. So there's two, you know, so there's no excuses for these kids to, to not be able to go in and chase their dreams and achieve it. It doesn't have to be in boxing. It doesn't have to be in baseball. Well, we it can be Dr. in- Dr. Hadegui from USC. Exactly. Who, said, who grew up across the street from Garfield, mm-hmm. and now he's in charge of the athletics and making sure that you're all taken care yeah. of. Yeah. And he has a PhD, and he went to Eli first, and it's like- and when he was telling the kids about the neighborhood where to eat and everything else, he goes, oh, wow. It's like just that <laughs> where, yes, yeah. I can do something. Yeah. It's- we can, we, we, we were there. We lived it. And, and I think the more these kids see that, they're like, okay, yeah, they, they did it. You know, and, and, and they go home and they put their head on that pillow. They're like, I'm inspired and I want to do something. I want to get out of here and be able to accomplish what it, whatever it is the dream that they have well you told these kids hey send me a message if you guys want to right on yeah 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 send and they do right yeah, yeah like, I, I, I mean i think they do yeah i mean like i said I, it's tough to keep up with messages sometimes. yeah <laughs> but they but they they know that they can reach out to you mm-hmm. it's like hey i'm going through this. via social media yeah, yeah. it's crazy mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. cool man and via social media you can go and get your let's go ricky roll sticker uh, <laughs> we are sold out uh and the people in the group chat that helped put on the camp didn't get stickers so if you're a fan that i've sent these to you're welcome, and the rest of the guys in the chat are really upset. You used to have stamps for those? Uh, dude, uh, stamps are expensive. Well, you got to get going. Make sure you get your stickers, send your address to uh, no, no, a, no, to no, Beto no. Duran on social media. Yeah, He's uh, sending Beto them to all of them. I've sent, I've sent them all out. We ha- this is going to be the third. I had to order more. And did you know to send a letter to Canada, how much it costs? Yeah, it's, a little, it's like double. Three stamps to go to Canada. Yeah. So, Baby Huey in Toronto, they got the stickers without Nolan Lynch. <laughs> one on cider. I didn't drink it today. The Cactus Rosé, but I've had it before. Really good. We've been tagging them on social media. But, yeah. So, I've been sending out the stickers. The Let's Go Ricky Rowe ones. I started off as a joke. I ordered, like, 25 of them. Yeah. And they went quick. I sent it to Sanabi in Florida four different times. He still hasn't received them. Four different addresses. Four different addresses. But, you know, you got to be incognito. And... I didn't realize how much of an impact a sticker can make for people. Yeah, me either. It's just fun. Yeah, me and either. So we want. What, what's up? Who, who wants to come in here? Who's coming in the studio? <laughs> See, our fans want to come in. You do? Well, we're done. Sebastian, we are done. The show is over. Do you have stickers, Sebastian? Ricky's kid, Sebastian. <laughs> Don't touch that. Don't touch that. Did you go to school wearing stickers, Sebastian? Yeah, he, yeah did. he did. Even Ricky's kid, Sebastian, the six foot eight offensive lineman, went to school wearing <laughs> a Let's Go Ricky Rose sticker. So, uh, hey! exactly. So, for more information on the camp, uh, oh, there it is. Don't, don't move. Don't <laughs> move. See, live studio audience. For Ricky Romero, I'm Beto Duran. Bye. <laughs> Sebastian, Sebastian, careful, careful, dude. They told you not to get up there. <laughs>